never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Hello there and welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. The first thing I will say is you want to know about Cliff Twemlow, the best book to read is C.P. Lee and Andy Willis's The Lost World of Cliff Tremor, the King of Manchester Exploitation Movies. Um, it's available on Kindle. It, the paperback is wildly expensive, been out of print for a while, but you can get it on Kindle for about four quid. So that's that, that, that's the first thing I'll say, mainly because there's no way in, ha- in the half an hour I'm going to dedicate to this podcast to give full credits to the life of Twemler. He's a guy I've spoken about before and one of my other po- a couple of my podcasts, actually, um, with mainly when I'm talking about the, the boom in VHS and, and, and underground filmmaking that VHS allowed. Does exploitation exist? Well, for me, Twemlow is the antithesis of the possibility that maybe it does. Manchester Mancunian exploitation films. He is at the heart of it, mainly because he's lived such a, a wild and unusual life. And at the heart of that is what one well, ten VHS movies, but one in particular. GBH, the film that kind of started his career, a huge success at the time, which sold 6,000 copies in the VHS boom in the UK. GBH is an unusual story in the sense of how it was made, mainly, as we said, because of Cliff. What it is, is the tale of um, Gangland, unusual characters, and a, a, a bouncer, a doorman, who has been brought back to uh, to kind of sort out the mean street, streets of Manchester. Filmed in a guerrilla style. GBH uh, is the story of a guy called Steve Donovan, a kind of a no-nonsense kind of guy who's a... Who's a you know, the kind of guy would rip his shirt off to fight. And he kind of basically deals as a doorman with the encroachment of a, a rival gangster in this, uh, in this Manchester clubland in the early 80s. Keller's back. Took over the rainbow rooms last night. Tevis came in on the doorman, wiped the floor. When I say go... We'll cripple the bastards. My club next, the zoo. If Keller wants something, he takes it. I want that club. Do you understand? Nobody can stand up to Keller. There is one man who can stand up to him. Oh, yeah. Who's that? The Mancunian. Right, huh? Didn't know I was showing. 
stuff to me. Who do you expect? Charles Bronson. You look old. Too old. Nobody tells Big Nick Rafferty when he's had enough to drink. Didn't know this was a gay bar. It isn't. What about those two cops there then? Written and starring Cl Cliff Tremlow. It was actually directed by a David called David Kent Watson, who was uh, very much Tremlow's partner in crime in these films. But I've built the guy up so much, let's tell the story of him. So he was born in Hume in October 1937. He was the son of a merchant seaman and uh, became a, a nightclub bouncer or as he decided to call it, a tuxedo warrior in 1950s Morecambe, where he finally worked in Scotland and then finally back in his home hometown, I should say, of, of Manchester. To um, substitute or supplement his income as a bouncer, he also worked as an extra on uh, Coronation Street in Granada Studios, which is obviously based in Manchester. He also... Um, did some work as a, uh, a composer of uh, library music and supposedly one of his tracks is, is on Dawn of the Dead soundtrack, obviously a, a soundtrack album that features a lot of library music chosen and picked by uh, George A. Romero. Take my For settling down Or raising a family Just give me a room With music and dice That's the place for me I never liked to lose So Twemlow wrote under the pen name Peter Reno and um, created apparently 2,000 compositions now, C.P. Lee in his book turns around and says that Twemlow himself, though, wasn't actually a, uh, a musician as such, but instead would kind of hum a bit of a tune, create a, a melody, and then sell that on, uh, you know, as, as a piece of music. You know, his, his creative beginning was entirely based, you know, by kind of doing what he referred to as the D-dum-da principle. In his autobiography, Twemlow said, I discovered that with the aid of a tape recorder, I could assemble or compose lyric and tune. My voice would simulate orchestral sounds, give me an insight as to how it could be arranged. God, the noises were appalling. Um, ti ti, dipply, dum, bra, pa, pa. I was in hysterics listening to the playback. He worked for DeWolf Music. Tracks were used in a variety of uh, shows, including things like Benny Hill and the Sweeney. 
And uh, as we said before, Dawn of the Dead, uh, the track Cause I'm a Man, which he actually wrote in 1967, was, uh, was used in the film. As with a lot of men who worked on the doors, Tuemlo did indeed try and supplement his career, and obviously that comes from music. But in about the mid-70s, Tuemlo took on a variety of odd jobs, including delivery drivers and that kind of thing. He ended up working as a nightclub bouncer, doing a £70 a week job at Peter Stringfellow's Millionaire Nightclub in Manchester. He basically got filled in. He got, he got battered. And... Um, and while he was hospitalised after a fight, which included a fractured skull, he co-wrote the, well, he wrote his autobiography, The Tuxedo Warrior. Now, The Tuxedo Warrior led him to become a, the, the kind of guerrilla filmmaker that he, he, he becomes in the 80s. It was turned into a film in 1982. He gained £25,000 and uh, got a trip to Africa for the filming as a, as a bit part. I think possibly it was a bit of a sweetener. The film, it's set, the film itself there's very very little relation to the book which uh, kind of is a semi-autobiographical kind of uh, tale which the film um, takes a, a basic character called Cliff who's an ex-bouncer from Manchester who actually opens a bar in South Africa and becomes involved in diamond smuggling so this uh, the autobiographical nature of the book is subverted into something very different from there Twemlow thinks to himself, this film stuff is fantastic. Let's get involved with that. So he also writes um, a couple more pulp horror fit books as well, Beast of Cain and The Pike. Now, The Pike was a film, a book that he was going to turn into a film, but never does. And indeed, he got Joan Collins involved, but he wasn't able to get the cash together to it to make the film The Pike. And his uh, his attempts of getting Beast of Cain turned into a movie by uh, Hammer Horror were rejected. Uh, indeed, by this point, Hammer was very much on the uh, on the on their asses, and uh, it was unlikely he would have picked up something quite so risky anyway. So, in the periods between 1982 and 1983, Twemlow acted, wrote, and composed the music for this film, GBH, which is one of the earliest British films to be shot on videotape. He did it with the help of David Kent Watson. Now, Kent Watson worked with Twemlow on a, a number of films over his period. He's kind of his, his right-hand man for a lot of this stuff, including Lethal Impact. Twemlow before this... I mean, Twemlow... Kent Watson before this was very much working just as a, as a video productioner, you know, vi- whatever he can lay his hands on kind of work-wise. It was very much not really designed for, for sending off for Hollywood, but even the exploitation that I've, I've now called it. So GBH is very much the story about this guy. He's called Steve Donovan. He's kind of a, an up-and-down kind of a heavy man, you know, a, a no-nonsense kind of bloke. He's known as the Mancunian. So he's kind of, he's been around the block a few times and um, he's hired to protect a club from this London gang. The film supposedly was very popular with uh, the armed forces going out to uh, to to the Falkland Islands, um, and indeed, as we said, it was uh, one of Video 2000's bigger releases. It uh, it sold six thousand copies. Twemlow writes Donovan, and very much in the terms of how he wants to be seen himself. Indeed, the theme song written by uh, by Twemlow. Uh, is kind of a ballad description of 
or a tonal kind of idea in terms of how he see how he wants to be seen. You know, tall, held, held high, that kind of thing. Uh, a rough man who uh, is proud as well. So Twemlow, um, what he does is from this success, they kind of scoop the cash out that they'd made from the last film and put it into another movie. So from here, he goes on to make. Um, a variety of different films. Um, the Abifa Connection, The Blind Side of God, and then kind of moving towards um, quite big, um, you know, what tends to be quite big films. Um, there's a sequel, in fact, called Lethal Impact GBH2, uh, uh, which a film that features a fair chunk of GBH1. People who remember uh, Revenge of the Bogeyman, which we spoke about back in the mists of time, will remember that little trick of uh, padding a film out with uh, flashbacks and then selling it on. Twemlow um, kind of at points gives people the opportunity to become bigger things. No more so than David Tattersall, director of photography on a film called... Um, Moonstalker, also known as Predator, Predator from 1986. And um, Moonstalker, kind of alien kind of thing going on with it. But um, Tad Stall then went on to become DOP on the Green Mile, Conair, a couple of Star Wars movies, and Young Indiana Jones. All of them, all these films have uh, something in common in terms of how they're made. Um, GBH features, you know, it's young women, bit of nudity, men being rough with big you know, hands like hams. They feature um, certain supernatural elements to try and bring in different audiences, including Eye of Satan from 1987, a story about a mercenary with satanic powers. And Twemlow, over this 10-year period, makes a variety of different films, and it seems very much like a man who has travelled repeatedly over time settles and kind of becomes happy with with a, a certain creative process so why don't we know more about them now well there's a few reasons why cp lee points out to stories of uh, twemlow who would go to um various uh well go to the millionaire club where he used to work and then sell on some of the affluent people you know shares of the film but oversell so there'd be a uh, 120% royalties flying around on these movies, which could then be skimmed off and then put into the next film. Problem with that, of course, is then you've got rights issues up the arse because loads of different people... Uh, there's, there's more chunk of the pie than it actually exists. And I suppose in a lot of ways, back then, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy who probably thought that he was just, you know, quickly turning stuff around in the same way we would do maybe comic books or, or self-published DIY. Indeed... Twemlow, when he was making GBH, was classic guerrilla style in what he was doing. They would quickly close the streets off, do the do the, the car chase scene, and then open the streets up again, well, hopefully without anyone noticing. They'd go into pubs and bars and say, oh, the managers let us do, you know, said it's okay to do a bit of film, and, you know, it's good advertising for your pub. Then, uh, you know, if they're lucky, the manager isn't in that day. <laughs> can get The guy doesn't care because it's quiet on a Sunday, and they can get away with a bit of filming. There's other elements to, to this, of course. Um, you know, shot on video 
with the birth of DVD uh, has certainly lost a lot of appeal when people are very keen on, you know, 4K scans. A film that's entirely shot on VHS appears so incredibly lo-fi beyond, um, you know, the curiosity and people are a bit funny about it. Admittedly, that is not to say that some of these films don't come up. You know, we've, we've been talking about Suffer Little Children, which is obviously all shot on VHS, and much like GBH, a genuine curio. So... The films of Twemlow and um, of of Ken Watson do kind of concern. Face we do we do face concerns. Will they you know can, will they be lost to time? There are an ardent body, particularly around the Manchester area, of people who will be determined to make sure that doesn't happen. It would be a shame, and indeed, I think that comes from you know what was being talked. What you can talk about a lot in terms of you know the longevity of these films. Would would a lot of the video nasties have been lost in the midst of time if they had needs you know become video nasties? Well, maybe that's the case, and indeed, maybe that's also the case with Twemlow. That it's kind of this you know this rebirth as a, a section free film at least kind of gives people a little bit of a, a view in terms of a very unusual kind of period of time. For me personally, these films are classic punk rock kind of DIY uh, Creations. Twemlow would never consider himself to be a punk. He was far too much a man who wears a suit and a tie to go to a nightclub. But um, you think of that DIY aesthetic. You think, think about people who are who are, want to create something completely different, completely unusual, and um, do it completely from the from outside the realms of what's possible. When we look at Cliff Twemlow now, we see a, 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 a filmmaker. And a creative who doesn't write music in a in a traditional way and doesn't make films in a traditional way, but is determined to create a body of work and uh, is the cheek and the goal to do it. So, yes. You can watch GBH on YouTube at the moment and it all looks very rough and ready. And um, it's quite wooden and the camera angles are a bit strange. It's all a bit dark because it's done in nightclubs and I haven't got the enlightened done properly however what I would say is think about Cliff writing the theme tune writing the stories and being determined to create something that excites people the films of Cliff Tremo after all are completely designed to embrace their lo-fi-ness and also to provide their audience with something that really is you know a real crowd pleaser Maybe bogged down in quite old school working class uh, fundamentals, you know, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean the it feels like an, an old version of the North, which is now gone under, you know, us, us hipsters kind of bulldozing our way through. And in a sense, therefore, they're worth preserving, not just to celebrate the life of a, a unique talent but also to celebrate the life of a part of Manchester culture, which, in fairness, died once the Hacienda opened. So Cliff died at age 55, sadly, in May 1993. He has a heart attack. 
Now, C.P. Lee says that the story goes that he entered into a, 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 you know, a glamorous grandfather event, a kind of, you know, a, a bodybuilding kind of thing, and lost, even though he'd lied about his age and said he was older than he was so he could enter. So he got into the steroids, and that did his heart in, and that was that, which is a, a terrible shame. But um, I think, uh, in a way, for me, an indicator of a man who uh, certainly... Uh, Fought his life in a in a very particular way. As I say, I can't give Twemlo enough. Um, in half an hour, he's fascinating as a bloke. His life was filled with jobs and opportunities, and he grasped it as much as he could. So I do recommend, if you've got Kindle, the bill, the means to read it, to pick up C.P. Lee and Andy Willis's um, Lost World of Cliff Twemlo book. I know it's on Amazon and fuck Amazon, but give it a go. There is one man who can stand up to him. Oh, yeah? Who's that? The Mancunian. Oh, come on, Murray. We crucified the man last time, for Christ's sakes. He came in the club, he got rid of the rabble, he cleared the whole club out. And what, what, did, what did you do? Did you go and see him in court? Did you go and see him in jail? Oh, come on, man. He comes out of jail tomorrow, doesn't he? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it does. So what? Chris, he likes you. Oh. He gets on well with you. You take advantage, Murray. Now, I'll pay him twice his wages. He can have the house in Bury. He can have my car. His woman's gone, so there's nothing there. That guy has got nothing. Oh, he's got his pride, Murray. There's no pride in empty pockets. And there's no pockets in this shroud. Right, thank you very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is Christopher. No, it's not. My email address is videonastiespodcast at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter it's at orange underscore monkey, or you can go to the website videonastiespodcast.com or thelasthorrorpodcast.com and leave any messages you want on any of the uh, articles. Thanks very much to John Lark, and he tweeted about um, the last podcast I did um, about uh, Dario Gento's Deep Red. And it, Daria De Nicolodi actually responded in. I, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to butcher the Italian. What she replied, but she was because it, the tweet had um, the uh, the gif of of of, uh, of of the doll. She says the puppet was created uh, by the great Rambaldi, and it shows. It's absolutely fantastic that somebody was so pivotal to a lot of the films we discuss, and Argento's career was kind enough to saw it and responded to to to, to that tweet. So thank you. Uh, just really lovely stuff. Also, huge thanks to uh, Elliot Best. He sent stuff over before. And we played some music from him. Um, when he was, we were talking about uh, Goblin and the music of Goblin, it, it inspired him to send over a track, which I'm going to play for you now. We're going to close out on it. It's uh, from, it's, he says it's from himself, it's from a while ago, I think it's early noughties. It's uh, a, a track that he, he helped compose. It's uh, Cypher 7 MCs and the track's called Fused. And the reason why it brought to mind is because it features uh, elements of Goblin uh, and and that deep red soundtrack as 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 its uh, as its as its as its base. So uh, thank you very much for letting me share this track, Elias. Uh, it's incredibly kind of you, um, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Well, just before we uh, we play out though, 
reminds of what we've got next week. The uh, 1981 film Hell Prison, also known as uh, Savage Island. So looking forward to that. But now I'm going to finish with, uh, with that track as labelled, um, Cypher 7 MCs with Fused. Until next time, take care. I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Though some posters are peninsular An insular position Neither advocate or listener With enough opinions internal to consider To bring another to balance Is to spread it even thinner But it's the cosmological factors That map our terrain Intergalactic collective That doesn't snap under strain We interact and develop Methods by which we evolve That comes to terms with yourself You've got to understand the whole Togetherness has a very awkward tone When we live in a world Where everyone's on their own Homegrown loners Monotoners We need to sever this Never misses Never togetherness Direct to the matters of facts from the deepest, darkest light. This Jesus spotless harvest off the shelf, eyes open, smash it up, cracks in vases, broken. Active, yo, flows onto plastic. Catch those pearls and ad libs. The similes are massive, are massive. The mastiff, catch wreck and whack it. Virtually, yeah, stretch myself elastic. Classic case, prodigal, spawn of the most high. Holy Ghost inside, I redefine my life. My ears crash with unworthy words. Furthermore, curses fly towards these MCs caught in war. Check what I mention. Divine intervention, move my mind and rhyme. Unconventional styles compile a while, provoking profile. Mile wide projectiles aimed at volatile beliefs. The creep, Watson G's profound speech to beat. Grip my teeth, trying to teach the elite. Das ist das Treffen der MCs mit enormen Talent Und wie Gefahr, wir sind immer noch klar und präsent Fragen sie denn, nach wo waren sie denn? Wir waren im Lab und haben trainiert, wie fürs Marathon rennen Unsere Tracks, die brennen, mit dem Boom und dem Bang Und dem Hamburger Slang, um den fettesten Klang What? The birds, What? the sun, the What? sea, the air To a blind man, would you describe what you're catching this day? Try to capture this beauty if you dare Of this wonderful creation, I hope you're aware The pride of what's being created by man Towers of concrete scattered over the time That land going through teenage stages Thoughts in the minds keeps us trapped like animals in cages Oh, you know like always oh, peace We 
keep it old school, I'm like office and heat The way I make a toast to the ghost crew I ain't talking Egon and Slimer But those who've gone to pass, we've seen gone the timers Ooh, those are dead, now who you gonna call? You choose to lose your head like Judas in their rule The looters wanna call and incinerate their memories I track and whack a man, assassinate like Kennedy <laughs> I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, You've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Who do you expect? Charles Bronson. You look old. Too old. 